Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good. We're getting some warm days here. I think it finally hit 25 today. Yeah, my uh, my wife had an alert pop up on her phone the other day that said, like, getting warmer in Sister Bay tomorrow. 17 is the high. Right. Like, whoa, yay. <laughs> I'm almost a little concerned because we have so much snow that when it all starts to melt, I think we're going to totally flood. It's going to be pretty ridiculous in some of these farm fields, I think. Door County is going to no longer be a peninsula. It'll be an island, and it'll just float out into the lake. Or or water world. That could be, too. Uh, so we have just a little bit of news to talk about this week. Um, why don't we start uh, with some high school sports? We've been covering uh, women's basketball quite a bit. Uh, what was the game last night? Uh, last night was the boys' basketball team for Gibraltar had moved on to the sectional final or sectional semifinals for the first time in 45 years. So the first time in my lifetime, Gibraltar went to sectionals and they, they did so by uh, winning the regional final last week up in Phelps, 210 miles from uh, their home gym. And yeah, it was a great scene. I'm, I made it last night down to the Schwabenon capital credit union field house. They call it to watch Green Bay NEW Lutheran play Gibraltar. And it was just really cool to see this huge crowd of, of the Gibraltar community down there um, really embrace this team and get behind them. And, you know, playing NEW Lutheran, a Packerland Conference rival, that over the course of the regular season, they had won one and lost one to NEW. But NEW had the Conference Player of the Year, and he showed it last night. He, uh, he dominated the game really controlled the flow, scored 30 points, but had a ton of assists and, and just was super cool, super collected throughout the game. Even when Gibraltar would make a couple of runs, he just never showed any stress or panic. And NEW pulled away, defeated Gibraltar 78 to 50, but it was still just an incredible moment for the Vikings. And that, that group of guys and that, uh, especially that senior class that led them on this sort of unexpected division five, sectionals run can hold their heads high. They should be really proud of themselves. What comes next for them? Well, they they lose a total of six seniors. So they do lose a lot of experience next year. They have, they do have uh, Brady Ash uh, who goes about six, five in the middle and he's pretty athletic and he's back and played a lot, started a lot of games this year. Um, they've got a couple of young ball handlers in in Luke Steves and a couple of young shooters, uh, Spencer Kraus and a couple of others. So they have they have some talent coming back and, you know, especially now that they play in Division five, which is the lowest level. And especially now that they've got some experience on that big stage, they hopefully can can build on that a little bit. I talked to Justin Burris a bit after the game and he spoke to that. I should say that in the first half, you could see the difference in the experience levels. NEW, which has gone had the chance to go to their eighth state tournament in 10 years, 
Um, they came out and opened up a 15 to four run right away. Really dominated play. Gibraltar looked a little sloppy and unsure of itself, but then senior Trevor Reinhardt just kind of like took over the game. And Justin Burris had some great comments about his play and, and how he turned it around. And he scored 13 points in the first half, kept Gibraltar in the game. They actually came back and took the lead, I think at one point, 21 to 19. But then NEW closed out the half on a run, led 31 to 26 at the half. And Gibraltar really never recovered from that. Um, really couldn't get much closer throughout the rest of the game. Did you see Brady Ash is coming in as a freshman? Brady Ash is a junior. He's a junior. So he's, is that uh, McKenna's brother? Yes. Okay. She was also in the pulse this week. Yeah. Her, um, Brady's sister McKenna was a all conference honoree in her. She goes to St. Olaf's college out in Minnesota and she earned all conference honors and, uh, had a bunch of milestones this week. She had, uh, she scored her 1000th point. She set the single season rebounding record for St. Olaf's. And, um, I think she was the only senior on that team and her coach had nothing but praise for her. Anything else for high school sports before we move on? Uh, just that the all-conference teams have all come out, and you can find that on DoorCountyPulse.com. Um, that includes uh, a couple of players from Gibraltar who made first-team all-conference on the girls' side, Southern Door, which dominated the all-conference team on the guys' side with three first-team all-conference members from their stellar senior class, and, uh, and then there's also wrestling all-conference. You can find all of that at DoorCountyPulse.com. So moving on, uh, we have an official start date for Ephraim's portion of the the highway road construction that's coming in, or, or Ephraim's specific project. Yeah, so we've talked about this several times before, but it's important to note that they have set their fine, like the, the, the detour date. So when the hard closure goes in effect in Ephraim, um, just north of the public beach, you are not going to be able to take Highway 42 through the through the village, you're going to have to take detours around the town. You could take small vehicle traffic is going to be able to use the back roads in Ephraim and heavy truck traffic is going to actually have to take County A to Bailey's Harbor and then back north to Sister Bay to get around Ephraim. So just keep that in mind as you're traveling. That's going to start March 18th is the um, start date for that, that hard closure and the, and the winding detour. <laughs> Now that we have an official start date for Ephraim, does that mean that we're closer to figuring out exactly what's going to be going on with the, the Fish Creek closures and moving on up that stretch of the highway? <laughs> no, I mean, it's a short answer. They, that's still waiting on bids to come back for the Department of Transportation. And once they get the bids back, they should announce uh, pretty soon. And those bids should come back pretty soon because there is a certain amount of resurfacing in Ephraim that the state will be doing that has to be done before fear ball. Uh, one other piece of news that I wanted to talk about was uh, an article that Jim Lundstrom wrote about Tony Evers uh, declaring 2019 the year of clean drinking water in Wisconsin and what that will mean moving forward. Yeah, Evers has proposed his budget and has included in there a lot of money to go toward um, what he calls the year of water and, and improving drinking water and, and water quality throughout the state. Uh, it was only natural that he came and visited Door County shortly after that announcement and held a roundtable discussion with a number of leaders on the peninsula um, from the Door County Community Foundation, the folks behind the Celebrate Water Door County effort. Uh, our own Dave Elliott was involved in that discussion and members of the Soil and Water uh, Department all sat around the table. And also in that room were Andre Jacques and Joel Kitchens, Dave Hansen, the state senator from Green Bay area, just talking about 
uh, where we're going in terms of protecting groundwater, drinking water, and and the natural resource that's so important to Door County here with the just the all the water that surrounds us. Can I can you give me a little bit of backstory about the clean drinking water thing? Um, I, I know that water is super important for Door County because of the bay and the lake. We're surrounded by it on all sides. But how does the drinking water part uh, affect that? What's the story there? Well, in southern Door County in particular, uh, there, there are a lot of problems with drinking water in large part due to the agricultural community down there. Um, a lot of the contaminated water has been traced back to farm runoff and um, fertilizers used on fields especially as farms have gone to more consolidated mega farms. And that when they do that, you have a lot more cows and a lot more manure and you got to find fields to spread all of that. And there's always a problem, even with, it's not just a small farm, big farm thing. Like small farms also have manure concerns that they have to do, but generally a smaller farm just doesn't produce as much. But there are a lot of homes in, in Kiwani and Southern Door County where they turn on their faucet, they get brown water. It's not. It's not great to shower in. It's not great to drink. There are homes where people have had to spend three to five to ten thousand dollars to um, put in special filtration systems to clean their own water, and through no fault of their own, uh, other than uh, a farm started spreading nearby. So that's that's pri- primarily why Southern Door and Kiwani have become kind of ground zero for the the battle over drinking water quality in the state of Wisconsin. So what are some of the takeaways that came out of this meeting? We've got $70 million proposed for the budget, uh, which would include hiring uh, teams of scientists and so on and so forth to help kind of move this issue forward. What were some of the major takeaways that came from this? Well, I think you've summed that up right now. I, I think the a lot of the specifics and how that's going to shake out and what programs those might be um, remain to be seen. Once uh, Republican-controlled Assembly and uh, State Senate start reviewing this budget and um, cutting here and negotiating and cutting there. Uh, who knows what the final product will look like? Um, I mean, water is a bipartisan issue, right? And we all need it. Right. Um, Joel Kitchens has, has done a fair amount for the, to, to fight for water quality in, in Kiwani and, and Door County. And, you know, it's, it's just a matter of how they want to go about it because nobody wants to be the, person who gets blamed for shutting down farms and for fighting against agriculture. Um, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, you could say that ag is a little bit and and dairy is to Wisconsin, what the military is to the country. Like you never want to be that, that politician that is seen as anti-military and in Wisconsin, you don't want to be seen as a guy who's anti-dairy. So even if the science says that these, that it's the, that the ag community is a problem here. And even if the ag community itself recognizes that they're a problem, it's still tough. I mean, a ton of dairy farms are closing every year and you don't want to be the guy blamed for exacerbating that problem. One other thing that I wanted to talk about this week, um, last week we talked about uh, Doug Bouchard's passing and some fun. Uh, We also got word a couple weeks ago that Jacob Ellison up on Washington Island had entered hospice uh, and we published his obituary today. So Jacob Ellison passed away he was uh, an incredible member of the Washington Island community, involved in the fisheries up there for years, even into his retirement, continued to repair nets. Uh, I got the opportunity to interview him a couple years ago on Washington Island and talk to him for almost two hours. 
Um, yeah, tell tell me what that was like because I I didn't get to accompany you on that one. And for those who don't know Jake Ellison, there is a video on DoorCountyPulse.com um, called the the Ice Harvest Door County Ice Harvest, in which it's just all Jake Ellison telling a story about how they used to harvest ice. It's one of my favorite things that we've done, and I'm I'm so glad we did because it gave me a chance to to briefly meet this guy and hear just hearing his voice is incredible. Um, but you got to say spend a few hours with him and I guess just tell me what, what he was like and, and why he has become sort of like a favorite of the folks in the office and the filmworks folks of all the people we've interviewed. We, we went up to Washington Island. We were doing a, a history of fishing in Door County and we, we talked to Charlie Henriksen and we actually went out on the boat with him, um, learned his story, talked to him and his son, followed their whole operation from start to finish. We got up at like three in the morning and went over there and got on the boat. And then we talked to Jake because he's, he's one of the, the, the tent poles of the, the fishing community up here. And we wanted to talk to him about the history of the fisheries, about invasive species in the waters. Uh, and then after about an hour, we just started talking to him about life on the island and history and just any other stories that he could tell us. And he he was so charming and such a good storyteller that we we mined that interview for a couple of different purposes. So he's featured pretty primarily in the the history of fishing video. Uh, but like you said, there's a uh, an ice harvest video that we did where he tells the story about how. Uh, people on the island specifically, but all over Door County would get their ice out of the bay and then use that all year long. Yeah. Um, it was specifically important for him running as a, as a fisherman because he had to transport fish, keep it cool. So they had, you know, ice shacks. Every house had an ice shack. And then he goes on to about how like in the 80s is when refrigeration first showed up on the island and how refrigeration killed the ice business yeah um and and he, he tells this awesome story about how like there there was some story that came out about how they were finding bacteria in the ice and it it made sure that refrigeration was the answer he's just a really great storyteller really charming guy and it, it's the perfect kind of interview where you can you can put b-roll on top you can show what he's talking about and then you can cut back to him for an extended period of time and just look at him telling the story because he's so animated and so much fun and you cannot help but fall in love with that guy when you watch him tell these stories. Right. He's like everybody's grandpa. Yeah. Um, so sadly, he passed away. Great life. 92 and a half years right. uh, of incredible storytelling. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to document some of, some of his stories. I am too. Uh, with that, why don't we take a break here and we come back. We have uh, another installment of the uh, Door County Food series of interviews that we've been doing. We we decided to continue doing them throughout the year, talking to influential foodies and restaurateurs and so on and so forth. And this week we've got Mary Devely of Tapawood Kombucha and The Kitchen. So we'll pick up with them uh, shortly here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, they've ta- The folks from Tapawood have, have really done an incredible job building this business that not just exists in the county, but distribute stuff outside the county. And they, they work their tails off and they're, they're Mary and Nick are her husband, Nick are incredible people. It's been fun getting to know them over the years. And I'm interested to see what, what Mary has to say. Yeah. Should be really interesting. So we will, uh, we'll come back here right after the break and we'll get into it. 
They call themselves the Stradivarius builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Nankana Island, or worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back, and uh, joining me now is Aaliyah Kidd, multimedia editor for The Pulse, and we're also joined today by Mary Devely. How are you, Mary? Good, how are you? I'm doing really well. Mary, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself to start, uh, what brought you to Door County, are you a Door County native, and then what kind of got you into the food scene? Um, I am not a Door County native, but I've been here since 2007. Um, I moved here with my then-boyfriend, now-husband, Nick, who's from Green Bay, and we met in... California. I was on a long road trip and he got in my RV and never left. And then he brought me here. Great. Uh, so d- he, does he have roots here? Um, Green Bay. So okay. he wanted to be closer to his family. Um, I'm from Texas and I grew up in Houston, Texas, and then my family's all in the Austin area now. Okay, cool. So how did, how did the food thing start? So, well, first off, tell us what your businesses are and then we can kind of go back in time. Um, I'm the owner of Tapawat Kombucha and of the kitchen juicery. And um, Tapawat started out of our first juice bar, which was in Egg Harbor in 2007, called the Getaway Car. And um, I started brewing kombucha there as a, just an ingredient on our menu. Um, it was in the smoothie called The Stranger. And I started brewing more and more kombucha for people to drink. And then it became something that we started doing year-round because there's not much year-round business here. It was an easy way, not easy way, but it was a way to make some money. And um, also started having babies. And then that became kind of my focus business was the kombucha for a while. Um, and then we started doing wholesale kombucha in 2011 to Woodman's in Green Bay. And now we're in probably over 1,500 locations around the region. Uh, so for people who don't know, what is kombucha and, and how is it made? Kombucha is a fermented tea. So we use organic teas and different herbs and organic sugar. And it's made kind of like an open ferment beer. So you um, you brew your, your tea and your sugar and then the culture, which is called kombucha, is what consumes the sugar and leaves behind beneficial enzymes, probiotics, um, good stuff for your gut and um, a good sort of replacement at, at its very least. I'm going to play, I'm going to play the, the unknowing uh, layman and I'm going to ask you the questions that I'm sure that you hear all the time. Okay. Uh, is kombucha alcoholic? Um, you can make alcoholic kombucha, which is what we're starting to get into now. Um, but we, um, I call it kid-friendly alcohol. So it's it's alcoholic, but it's less than 0.5% alcohol. So you don't have to be 21 to buy it. Right. And it's not going to affect you unless you were drinking an absurd amount you, of You would have to drink more than you would be comfortable drinking in order to get any sort of alcoholic buzz from it. But you do get a buzz. Like I, I hear people saying, oh, there's alcohol. I feel... I feel drunk. I'm like, no, you're just being activated slightly right. you're in your gut. 
Uh, okay, so the other question, the there's floaty stuff in kombucha sometimes. What is the floaty stuff? Those are the little particles of kombucha. They're, um, kombucha grows in what's called a zoogleal mat. It's a bacteria and yeast that grows together. So um, we do, we filter it out when we bottle, but just by nature, they start to grow back together in the bottle. And that's the little floaties that people, you can sift it out if you don't want to drink it, but I don't know. You can swallow it. Probably drank worse things. I'm, I'm fine with the floaties. I know some people don't even want to broach kombucha because they're like, oh, that's the stuff with the weird with things the, in it. But it's like, it's sure. just more kombucha. Right. But then those same people are like, oh, I love bubble tea. And it's like, sure. that's, it's like that's, that's... It's about the same. Right. Yeah, right. Um, so with Tapuet, you do a mult, like a myriad of different flavors. Sure. Um, but what what's kind of the, the taste profile of kombucha kind of on its own? Um, some people think... You know, it has a little bit of a vinegar, apple cider vinegar taste to it. Um, we try to make it less vinegary and more drinkable. So it's it's like sweet, sour, bubbly, a little fizzy. Um, you'll kind of feel it on the back of your tongue when you drink it. Um, that's when you know it's good stuff. So tell us a little bit about Tapwood. So you're you're in a bunch of locations nationwide. Um, I know that I've been able to get Tapwood kombucha in Minneapolis when I was over there. And that was kind of like my link to Door County before we moved up here full time. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of the pear kombucha that you guys make um, because I feel like I, I like the beginner level kombuchas okay. and I think that pear is like a really nice, mild, easy one to just get into. It's, yeah, we it's do almost, call it a starter kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, my, uh, a lot of people who say, oh, I don't like tea. We'll say, okay, we'll try this pear, you know, and it's, and it's not as bubbly as some of the others, but it is like on the sweeter end, even though we don't brew it with more sugar or add sugar. It just, and that's the way it is because it's a green rooibos tea. It doesn't provide as much bubbles because there's not as much caffeine in it. Um, it's, it's just a good starter one, but um, yeah, we're in a, we're in a lot of places. <laughs> what, tell us about some of the other flavors that you guys make. Um, right now we are um, diving headfirst into the world of CBD kombucha. So um, that's becoming a big thing for us. And um, our newest one is a strawberry CBD. So it's a strawberry rooibos tea. And then we add a CBD to it. And it's it's really, really good. And what's CBD? CBD is cannabidi- cannabidiol. So it's um, the non-psychoactive component of a cannabis plant. Um, it's good for all kinds of things, digestive issues, um, inflammation. I've, I was trying to think on my way here, you know, what, what would I say about CBD for me? Um, it's helped my joints and it's helped, I, I would say, social anxiety in sort of a way. Um, a lot of people, when they um, smoke pot or are used to that idea of like t- the cannabis plant, they get paranoid. Um, I, I've noticed that CBD is like the total opposite end of that, where you don't have that paranoia and it, it just makes you feel like a, better as a person. So if you got like a, a speech in class that you got to give or you're doing a presentation for work, just pregame some CBD kombucha and you'll be ready to go. Yeah. And I don't know, know if that's being, um, if that's really what it's being prescribed for or what people are using it for, but that's what I've noticed for myself. Like I felt a whole new um, personal confidence and like ownership of myself. Gotcha. Yeah. My, my husband actually works sales and it's a new, newer position for him and he is often very high anxiety during the day. He's on calls all day and it's, you know, a little bit more stressful. So he's had to adjust to that. Um, I started picking up honey from the kitchen, which has CBD in it. And every morning he has his tea with a spoonful of honey and he's noticed a difference from it. And maybe some of that's not drinking a whole pot of coffee either, sure. but um, it's, it's not like something that's oh my gosh, like a huge flip or a big switch, but it's just like a subtle change, I think. 
So tell me a little bit about the kitchen. Where is that located and what do you guys do there? The kitchen is in the old patio restaurant. Um, it used to serve, you know, burgers and shakes and um, french fries and all kinds of stuff like that. And we kind of, I have a love for vintage things. So it was my vision for it was to kind of take that whole idea, but completely flip it upside down and put healthy stuff in it. So when people walk in, they're like, we still get people that come in and are like, two burgers, two fries. And I'm like, that's not what we have here. But then they're willing to try something that we have, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was browsing your social media and very, very cool, very eclectic. Got that vintage retro flair. Um, but then when you think about the stuff that you're providing there, it, it it almost feels like it should be this very like clean, minimal atmosphere where you can get like the healthy stuff. Sure. But you've, you've got this total opposite end of the spectrum, which makes it really interesting and really fun. Yeah, I have a lot of kids, so I... I always want to make healthy stuff really fun for people um, and really good good for you so that when, when a kid tells his mom he wants to go out for a treat, he doesn't always just want to go get ice cream or go get soda or something. He wants to come get a good smoothie and actually get vegetables and not even know it. So what are some of the other uh, menu items? Um, well, we have all our kombuchas on tap. We usually have eight kombuchas on tap there. Um, you can do growler fills, um, which is um, you know good for the environment. You can bring your own bottle. Um, we also do mocktails, so it's like kombucha mixed with fresh juice, but we cold press all our own juices there, um, which means we can bottle them and sell them. Um, they stay good for a few days. Um, and then we have pretty eclectic list of smoothies with, you know, vegetables and fruits. And then um, all, of our, all of our smoothies are made from organic fruit and organic juice. So, and then we have a whole list of add-ins so you can get your proteins workout or before a workout. That's something that I know from talking to you before ties a little bit into your background as an athlete. Is that right? That is correct. I was, um, yeah, well, I wish I still played soccer, but I've had too many knee injuries and hopefully getting back into it soon. But um, yes, I was a college athlete and I was always making smoothies and juices for my teammates as an after workout thing. And just, are you a vegetarian or is it? I'm a vegetarian. Vegetarian, yeah. yeah. So I remember it was just kind of like, you can get your protein yep. from I was always trying plants. to prove to people that you could get a complete diet as a vegetarian. So smoothies was a good way to do that. Yeah, I think that's awesome to have the option. And yeah, I find myself going there a lot. And it's great to have all those add-ins because I know you've got protein add-ins, but I think, is it like collagen or yeah. spirulina, things like that. So just kind of like super interesting ingredients, which have a lot of nutritional aspects to them that maybe aren't super familiar to people in the community, but something that worth worth testing or trying out if you're interested in the nutritional side of things. Sure. When I moved here, I didn't want to be a, a vegetarian snob, but there wasn't much to eat or drink as, as someone living here. So I was like, well, why not create it myself? Well, come to me. Right. Um, so one thing that I feel like I've been noticing and, and maybe, maybe I'm on the right track or, or, or maybe not, but it feels like Door County has had this influx of new and interesting options. So like with the alfresco dining and some of the new like uh, higher end restaurants that have come in, we've also seen a lot of interesting coffee shops open up and we've seen people doing uh, juice and smoothies and the kombucha on your end. Do you, do you think that there's kind of a, a, a liquid revolution almost happening in Door County? And, I hope so. <laughs> do you think that, what, what do you think about your part in that? I hope so. Um, that's really, I'm a, I hate to say I'm a liquidarian, but I think about beverages first and foremost all day long. Um, I pretty much always have a drink with me. I think I have a cold pressed coffee in my pocket right now. Um, and 
as we, we have a farm. So as we garden, I always think, what can I juice? What can I ferment? What can I make into a drink? I'm not really thinking about food as much. Um, and that could be a downfall, but I think there is a liquid revolution. I mean, discourse is awesome. I, I'm excited to see what heist has. Um, I know that the Wickman house makes awesome cocktails. Um, yeah, I, I love that there's a liquid revolution. Well, and the, the beer side of it too, I think is, is almost a separate thing because we've got the brewing companies, we've got the yep. new distilleries moving in. Um, I don't even think you can count on both hands how many new and interesting options you have for alcohol in Door County. But separate sure. from that, you've got the coffee, the tea, the juice, the kombucha, all of that kind of stuff. Sure. So there, there's almost these two different movements that are coming in and, and switching things up and, and providing more options for people, first and foremost. Right. I was just in Texas visiting my family and there was distilleries and breweries everywhere. I'm like, how are people drinking all of this alcohol? Like, how is that even possible? But I guess people love it. You know, and it's, it's a good attraction to the county, which is really cool. Um, mm. We're about to build a new brewery. Um, we, we break ground in the spring. So when I say brewery, people are like, oh, you're not really brewing, are you? I'm like, well, yeah, I am. I'm a brewer. I brew every day. You know, I brew every day. I brew hundreds of gallons of liquid and I ferment it um, just because it's not 5% to 14% alcohol doesn't mean that I'm not brewing. But right. we are getting into those things too, oak aging and things like that for our kombuchas. So you know, maybe people will be more interested. How, how similar or different is the process for kombucha to, to beer? It's very similar. Um, I would say it's most similar to a sour beer or a cider. Um, you know, we do use that kind of tank, but it's an open fermentation. So we rely on the temperature of the room to ferment. And um, kombucha likes to brew around 78 to 80 degrees, keep our room that temperature. We can't really jacket our tanks or anything like that because right. we just lose the heat. And you can get you can get just as creative, if not maybe more creative, with the different types of flavors and things that you're experimenting with. Right? I'd say it's about the same, except we don't have we don't rely on um, microscopic yeasts or yeasts from somewhere else. You know, we keep our cultures, and um, they're kind of specific to us. What are some of the more out there flavors that you guys have experimented with? Well, we just uh, I was talking about the CBD. We just started experimenting with um, terpenes as flavoring. So um, using it's the non psychoactive, non CBD part, but it's like the, fl the flavor of a cannabis plant. So you can get the lemonine or the pinene um, and use that as your flavoring agent, which is pretty cool. Um, there's also health benefits, you know, antioxidants using terpenes. So we're going to be making a terpene CBD kombucha. It's going to be really, really good. Interesting. Um, I did a tasting at your warehouse location before that kind of. Fi like finally wrapped up mm -hmm. and I, I feel like I had something with pepper in it or like a, oh yeah that's our back yeast that's our new seasonal that comes that's every spring um, some people really freak out when they have it but some people really love it um, it's pretty spicy it's got a mm -hmm. 90,000 heat unit cayenne in it so it's it's on the spicy end but it's you know spice is good for your digestive system too well right and it opens you up it, it's just so weird drinking something, something spicy, spicy. <laughs> but it was an interesting one to kind of to we we did it right in the middle so we had something to kind of finish off nice but i feel okay. like at the end i would have walked away like oh my goodness oh my God, i gotta burning. get some milk yeah my husband asked me to please take the spice down a little bit on this batch so <laughs> i'm going to take it down slightly but i do like it i like mixing it half and half with the strawberry because um, it gets that sweet and the spice together. Do you grow all of your vegetables or do you, you source them too, I'm assuming? We source, um, but we did just hire a gardener um, that's going to help me out this year, um, which is going to be awesome. So we just did a bunch of planting and seed starting, which is going to be cool. But we do source um, from Co-op Partners Warehouse in Minneapolis. Um, they take our kombucha. So when, when they come pick up, they deliver our produce for us. So we get all our organic stuff from them. Nice. So I know you, the kitchen has been open since 2017. 17. 
Um, so yeah, so you're going into your second or third summer? Third summer. Third summer. Anything on the docket that's going to be a little bit different this year or? Well, hopefully we have produce for sale. Um, that's going to be, you know, be somewhat of a little market, um, do some more uh, fermenting of foods. Be cool. So our own kimchi, our own kraut, things like that. Um, everyone asks me to do more food. So hopefully not being pregnant this summer, I will have more time and more energy to be able to do that. So we talked a little bit about this like liquid revolution that might be going on there. I feel like there's also this and, and this maybe has been around for much longer than even the, the food and stuff like that. But there's this influx of people who come up here specifically to do uh, active things. So water activities or hiking, biking, running, marathons, all that kind of stuff. Um, do you think with those people there there has come this like health food influx? Or do you think that that is something that has happened in response? Or, or what do you think about the like the whole health food movement in Door County? Um, I think that probably has to do something to do with it. Um, a lot of our customers, we meet doing the runs and the bikes, you know, setting up at those events. Um, we've met people that then come back and visit us or go buy our stuff elsewhere. Um, I think Door County has had um, great media coverage and people want to be here more. So I think there's just an influx of that kind of people that love being outside um, and then therefore see a business opportunity Um in providing something healthy for the community, which is cool. Um, it is my hope that that just continues to happen more year round and not just seasonally. Well, and you had mentioned that when you first came up here, you weren't finding as many options for you. So you decided to make your own. Mm -hmm. uh, has that changed in the last couple of years, do you think? It has. Um, yeah, I think the foodie culture has changed dramatically. Um, when people walked into my first juice bar in 2007, it, you could see the look on people's faces like, what? is going on here? You know, what are these things? What are the, you know, do a fish boil? Yeah, right. <laughs> Where's the fish boil? Where's the alcohol? It says bar on your sign. It says juice bar. What, I'm really confused. <laughs> but um, now I think people really start to get it, which is cool. And do you think people are seeking it out too? Because like, I know that like the smoothies and the, the juice, like the vegetable juice, that's something that I have come to really enjoy over the last couple of years. So it's something that I look for specifically. Do you think that's another thing that people are up here and they're seeking out? I think so. I think um, people, when they used to come up here, they would have to bring their whole, their blenders with them and then bring their food. I, I would have a lot of people that'd be like calling me before their vacation. Like, do you have these things? Because I need these things to survive. Um, people with autoimmune disorders, things like that. And now we have, we can provide that service. My wife just got a juicer for Christmas and it's something that we always wanted to get into, but just we were, I mean, we're two or three years out of college now, so we didn't have a lot of time in college to do it. And then now we finally got one and it's, it's so fun to see her like experimenting with stuff and putting in things. And like one day I came downstairs and she like handed me a glass and I was like, what is this? And she's like, it's orange juice. <laughs> and I was like, what is in it? And she's like, just oranges. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And it like, it, it, it t totally tasted different from like the orange juice that you buy uh, at the store. It, it, it tastes fresher it tastes more like you're like you're consuming something that is good for you and not just like a sugary drink right um so so she's been really experimenting and it's always fun to go out to the different uh, areas where juice is an option and to experiment and to try things that because like i'm sure that you have fun names for all of your drinks but then like when i'm looking through the juice i'm just like oh i like that vegetable and that one and that one i'll sure. just get that one right even though it seems like you wouldn't necessarily combine all of those different things. Well, it, coming from somebody who is just fresh, like new into this stuff. Sure. Like well, the first time that I was like, oh, ginger in a drink. What is right. that? Gonna be? <laughs> but then 
Like that's a great component to add. It is, mm-hmm. especially to just a green juice. Sometimes green juice can taste really bland, but putting some ginger in it makes it really drinkable and kind of. Why don't we Why don't we broach the juice thing a little bit? Because okay. like you're hearing from me, I'm fairly new to it, but I kind of I kind of get what's going on. So when people think fruit juice, they think probably apple juice and orange juice, the stuff that you can get at the grocery store, grape juice uh, with a ton of extra sugar in it. But then I don't think those same people jump into the the green juices or, or juices with vegetables in them unless they're thinking about tomato juice. Right. So can you kind of open the world of possibilities up for us a little bit? Well, I would say drink the rainbow and that might be stealing from the Skittles a little bit, <laughs> but um, uh, drinking green juice kind of activates your cells. And as long as it's not pasteurized, you're drinking a, a live a live drink and you're, you know, some people might not be able to chew 20 ounces of salad in a setting, but you can drink 20 ounces of greens down to six ounces of juice pretty easily. I had a couple of roommates a few years ago who were really into the health smoothies and the protein smoothies specifically because, uh, the, the male would work out and he would, he would make these big protein smoothies and they, they both had these giant like magic bullets with like the full thing sure. and then they'd have like the gallon with the handle <laughs> and like that would be their whole morning would be that smoothie. Um, so he taught me a bunch of stuff. Um, again, when I thought smoothies, I was like, oh, I like strawberries. I like bananas, put some ice cream in there or something. Sure. That'd be great. But then he's like, no, do like whey protein. And then you can throw spinach in there because that's just going to add to it. And I was like, spinach in my smoothie with <laughs> strawberries and bananas. That makes no sense. But of course it does just add right. the, the, the benefits of the spinach, but then you don't even, it doesn't taste like spinach. You just yeah, get you that nice really filler. Spinach in a smoothie, which yeah, making a green smoothie with spinach is pretty easy. Right. Throw it in. You don't even notice it. Uh, what are some of your favorite types of smoothies or juice? Oh man. Well, I'd say my family probably has smoothies for dinner at like two times <laughs> a week just because it's quick and easy and um, that's what I have. So um, they like things with almond butter in it because it has a little bit of protein. I had a little brown, brown rice protein. We do um, some cherries and strawberries from the gardener farm that I've frozen from the previous year. Um, sometimes a banana. Banana sweetens everything up. So if you need a little sweet, that's good. Um, uh, the big trick is freezing your bananas. So it's a banana that's, that makes it smooth and creamy. So, um, instead of throwing a raw banana that your smoothies will separate out that way, but frozen bananas is the trick. Um, so then, then sprinkle a little bit of the hemp seeds on top with some bee pollen. I love, I love that you went through the whole gambit because when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, I, I get all that, but there's going to be so many listeners who are like bee pollen in my smoothie. What does that even mean? (laughs) Well, bee pollen is such a, it's a kind of an amazing substance, but if you're getting local bee pollen, it's going to help you. Um, well, it gives you energy and it also adapts your body to the environment. So a lot of people use it to prevent allergy or allergic rhinitis is what they call it. So um, it's good stuff. What are your thoughts on ghee butter? Because that's been kind of the the new amazing concoction that's come into my home. Sure. If you're if you're not vegan, ghee is awesome. It's um it takes it separates out the milk fat from the oil in butter. So if you're using organic butter, ghee is just a step up from that. First time I ever had ghee butter was when I was tasting one of my roommate smoothies, and I was like, "Oh, you put chocolate in there?" He's like, "No, it's ghee, ghee butter." And I was like, "What is ghee butter?" <laughs> um, and then me and my wife did Whole Thirty a couple of times, and then ghee butter was just awesome because we would use that instead of um, butter or like as an oil substitute if we wanted something a little bit more sure. robust. So that was that was my big step forward into the the health food realm. Cool. One thing cool about ghee is it's shelf stable, so. You know, if you're a survivalist, it's a good way to keep a bunch of butter on your shelf and not have to worry about it going bad. What are some uh, smoothies that 
if you haven't really been um, trying smoothies before, which smoothies on your menu are kind of like the easy go-tos? Easy go-tos. Um, I call them the classics or the for the kids smoothies. So we have the sure thing. So it's banana, strawberry, yogurt, apple juice, and then marigold, which is mango, banana, orange juice. And I put bee pollen on that one too. You got to get them somehow. Yeah. Just a little bit. They <laughs> exactly. won't even notice. <laughs> um, our most popular smoothie is the green sunset. And I think it's popular because people really want to dive into having vegetables in their smoothies. Um, and it's a good way to do that easy way. But it tastes sweet. It doesn't taste like a like a green bitter smoothie. It's got mango, apple juice, pineapple, spinach, spirulina, and then it has a little bit of carrot and beet on it, which kind of swirls into it, which makes the sunset. I really like the. I don't know if I remember the name, but it's got it's dates and banana, and I think there's nuts in it, almond milk, belly chakra. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has a little ginger in it. Yeah, it's a yeah. little chewy. Yep. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, it's like a whole meal. Mm-hmm. The dates really sweeten it up. There's no, yeah, no sugar, just the dates. This is a bad day to skip breakfast. Now, <laughs> I'm feeling hungry. Now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling well, we open at 10. Awesome. <laughs> I will be there. Well, I think that that's probably going to do it for us. Mary, do you have any plugs for the upcoming season? Uh, do you know when you guys are opening? Um, we are still open right now. We're going to close down for a couple of weeks. We've got some um, things to fix in our old building. But um, we'll start building the brewery in May, which is going to be exciting. And that's going to be just on the north side of the kitchen. So um, kind of between us and Sister Bay Inn. Um, it's going to be a really cool building. I'm excited for everyone to see it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping in and chatting with us. I look forward to your upcoming season, and I will probably stop in there shortly to grab some smoothies or some juice because Sounds now I'm good. hungry. All right. <laughs> thank you so much, Aaliyah, and we'll see you again soon. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit doorcountypulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.